Welcome to Tales from Baja. We're in Ensenada, Cerveceria Trans Peninsular. It's a, it's a brand that I've been following for, oh, a year or two. Reached out to their owner a year or two ago and said, "Hey, I'd like you on the podcast." It took two years for this to happen, but I'm stoked to uh, to be here with the owner of Cerveceria Trans Peninsular. Colin Corrigan, how are you, bud? Good, Dominic. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm really thankful that you uh, you connected back with me. I apologize because sometimes I don't see the Facebook and Instagram messages, and I was like, man, I really dig what you guys are doing, and what a great great chance to get together. And in the situation that we're in now, even better to bring things back to light and hopefully put some people back here in the seats down here and bring more people down to visit. Yeah, I mean, we drove down today, a recording on a Thursday, came down just after lunch and had a nice, I mean, it's always so fun coming from San Diego to drive down the coastline. Like once you make that turn around Tijuana and come down the coast, you see the Pacific so Ocean. So beautiful. Love yeah. it. Big Sur to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so nice. It never gets old, right? No. Like I've been coming here for so many years and every time you hit that perfect like golden, you know, sunlight yeah. hitting the coast, there's nothing like it. It's really beautiful. But That's it was, very special. It, but, it was, but it was very nice. It was pretty easy coming down. As far as, you know, yeah. there, there, there are fewer lanes, as, you know, uh, for the uh, quota. Um, I think there were only like two lanes versus like five lanes or whatever that's open. But anyways, it was pretty easy. Yeah, the weather's really nice, too. It's, um, it was a beautiful day. We took a few pictures, I'm sure we'll post. But Yeah, it's nice and balmy and nice. I and mean, we have right now the Baja 1000, mm-hmm. which is really good for the, the tourism down here because it's the race is a very important part of the entire northern Baja economy and I don't think a lot of people realize it's the impact of not having the the race tourism it's not just a bunch of gringos coming down here raising hell it really brings a lot of business to the hotels the restaurants from TJ Mexicali San Felipe all in the area everyone feels the effect positive and negative and having the thousand here this year uh, start and finish in Ensenada is, is really good for us because they put all the contingency plans in place with there's not going to be a crazy street parties and things like that you know it's not going to be like what you see in Florida um, you know with everyone not wearing masks and everything everyone's very cognizant of what's going on but the hotels are at 100% Airbnb uh, is locked in um, I saw rest- a bunch of campers yeah we saw we were Dominic when we were crossing the border he said that looks like a good time look and they had Wood, yeah. yeah, wood, bikes, bikes barbecues, barbecues, like what? Surfboards, yeah. going to Arendita, going to have some fun. That's, like, there, that's what he was saying. He was like, "What's going on?" Go, we need to do that. Yeah, I need to do. That. So, how many people do you think? Maybe this year is not the best year, but mm-hmm. to, to kind of predict. But how many people usually come down for the Baja one? Honestly, one um, everyone that's involved in the race from locals to people in tourism on a good, normal, non-COVID environment race, we'll have 40 to 80,000 people involved in it. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And when the race goes to Cabo, it's even more because it finishes and then people stay and then they carry their Thanksgiving over to spend the rest of the following, you know, week leading up to Thanksgiving. Right. So um, that's really critical for uh, tourism when, when that's not happening. Um, what it does to the hotels, to the restaurants, even the grocery stores, a little yeah. abarotes, everyone feels the effect of it. But in this case, when it's kind of doom and gloom in the States, unfortunately, we have some good movement. Um, I'm really blessed that we're 
we're nestled here between the Hotel Marina and Corral and the Lucerna, mm -hmm. which are both, you know, very reputable hotels here in town. And the, the, the blowback between that, we get a lot of great people coming through here. And during the 500 in June and then here, and then obviously Vendemi and all the things, we kind of experience that uh, spillover crowd being right nestled in between these two hotels. And um, we're very thankful for that. Yeah, that's cool. So talk about the brewery. When when did you start it? Actually, like let's back up a sec. Like, sure. You're, you're not from Mexico. You're not from Baja, right? No. You're from San Diego. Born and raised in San Diego. And like you, Dom, um, fell in love with Baja at an early age, being yeah. a San Diego kid. Uh, you probably made a few trips to Revolution in oh, the early God. days. Oh, God. Made I'm many guessing. trips to Revolution. Went, made it to the Tijuana prison a couple <laughs> or jail a couple times, too, for being one of those gringos that no one really? wants to talk about. Okay, man. now we really no, got to talk no. about You know that. the old Rio Ritos? the real tales from yeah, Baja. Yeah. But, no, I, uh, I, I started coming down here early on, so... Backstory: My my pops has uh, always been a, a Baja traveler. My mom, who's my stepmom, uh, she's from Mexico City, mm -hmm. but raised me. Dad from Ireland. You know, mom from Mexico, so kind of a Carlos Murphy. We <laughs> we started coming here very early in the 70s, digging Rosarito, go to Canamar Dunes, uh, you know, camping in Estero Beach, you know, doing yeah. the things Americans do, U.S. citizens do, coming down here. Yeah, I just got bit early, man. I loved it. I loved going to yeah. Puerto Nuevo, and and then as a teenager, having the fake ID and going to Rio Rita <laughs> and Club O. And see, I can tell. See, the San Diegans can tell when they say what bars they went to in Tijuana in their younger years. I can predict what year you graduated high school. Yes, yes. Like, by the names of the places. By the right? names of the places. Long Cause, bar. Because like Rio Rita's <laughs> was was starting to retire a little bit as I was starting to go to Revolution. Yeah, it was old news by the time it you were That was like my brother's era. So yeah. It's kind of funny. When, when these bars like names pop up, it's like Baby Rock. Oh, okay. So I know when you were going. Club O? Yeah. Long Bar. As long as you didn't go to Mike's or Club Bambi, you were okay, right? <laughs> That's another story for another podcast. But, um, but how yeah. How long did it take to get back in those days? I didn't live here. But back in those days, how long did it take to get to cross, to cross the border? In car or walking? That's well, what did you guys prefer back then? Well, I always drew. I always drove. Yeah. I would park right next. We went to a place called The House and The Escape Club. Oh, wow. And Escape Club was on the corner and House was just around the corner. And they had a parking lot right outside of the house. And probably, I don't know, maybe 40 cars could fit in there. And either uh, my buddy Paul would drive or I would drive or my friend Christian would drive. And, and we'd just park our car there. And then we'd just drive home. Probably did, shouldn't have done it. You? Well, so back that up. You see all those high rises in Tijuana that are all parking structures? Those yeah. were all for Americans coming down here, partying and having a good time. I did both. So when I was really, really younger, when I was 16 with an IT, say I was 18, we would cross the border. It was before the trolley even went down here. We would yeah. take a cab or get a ride and we would walk and then we'd get a cab in TJ and work the strip. Then when I got a little older and cooler, then I would drive. We were going to Iguanas a lot to see a lot of punk rock bands that wouldn't come to San Diego anymore. So Iguanas was right there at Pueblo Amigo, where the where Caliente was at. And we would catch Devo, Red Hot Chili Peppers, wow. Nirvana. Shows that weren't happening in San Diego would happen down there. So we were kind of digging that little quiet scene. And then it became big and everyone and their brothers started coming. But I always liked to walk. I felt that if I walked, 
that when I walked back, I would walk off my buzz and I could get in my car and drive back so I didn't get a 502. That was, yeah. a, you know, the DUI was a 502 back then. And uh, obviously we were careful in our own sort of way, but you didn't have to worry about, and kind of now, you really don't need to worry about walking the streets of TJ or Ensenada. Mm-hmm. It's not like what everyone thinks it is. Or it's, oh, it's sketchy. Oh, they're going to rob you. Tijuana is awesome. The food scene, the gastronomic explosion, the fun you have down there. And you don't have that type of, you know, beer bucket, party, spring break, summer, winter action tour nonsense anymore. It's more sophisticated now. I think millennials are kind of like, eh, I'll go down there and enjoy the things everyone says and then get out. But now when I go to TJ, I, I feel the electricity. I was there yesterday. I went to Caesars and had lunch and walked the street seeing some of the places that you mentioned that are obviously completely different names yeah i don't know i think more people need to come and check out how cool tj is mm-hmm. and, and have fun with it but yeah baja for me started early and uh never stopped and started racing motorcycles down here doing the baja thing doing the surfing thing fishing i made my first trip to cabo driving myself in 1987 Okay. In a station wagon with three friends of mine from PB. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Where I spent most of my life yeah. out, grew up there on the beach. So and you we, drove, you went straight down. Well, we, we left, we, we blew right to Ensenada, and you didn't even stop. It was like, oh, yeah, right, that's, Ensenada. That's like my, that's yeah. Ensenada's like a neighborhood of San Diego. Yeah, almost. Oh, that, that's yeah there's Ensenada, and, yeah. and it wasn't even, there was no Calimaxes and things like that. It was still yeah. Abarotes, little stores, and we'd get our provision. We'd bring everything from San Diego. Yeah. We'd go to uh, Price Club there mm-hmm. on Marina, yeah. load up and get all the things and <laughs> bomb down here and get our boxes of beer, you know, the, the returnables. The, yeah, the, the glass bottles. Yeah, the glass yeah. bottles that you didn't want to lose. Don't break the bottle, yeah, don't. man. Don't go in the fire. <laughs> don't be lame. And you could carry that all the way down and keep the little receipt so whenever you got back, you could get your deposito. Yeah. Dude, if we could only just, like, follow the <laughs> protocols of the beer uh, recycling programs uh, that have been in place in Latin America for a long time with everything else, we'd be in a whole different... Whole different place. Whole different place. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because certain states actually, like Oregon has kind of implemented that but with the bottles, but honestly, being a craft beer guy, no one wants to drink an IPA in a bottle. That's another conversation, but yeah, IPAs don't really belong in glass, mm-hmm. nor does craft beer, but who's saying that? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Cabo, enjoying that, and uh, then in early 90s, so I went worked in the culinary industry, I worked for Sammy's Woodfire Pizza, mm-hmm. my first job was at Flippy's on Garnett. Nice. Okay. My and, dad uh, worked there. Yeah, really? Not on Garnett, but... Right, well, one of the Flippy's? Yeah. So I cut my teeth there. Italy. yeah fun stuff and it worked for Mosheri worked for Danny Mosheri the same owners in the, the one in Little Italy and in uh, El Cajon and in PB and I knew that culinary was where I wanted to go so I pursued that and then uh, what's up guys all good awesome guys thanks guys yeah yeah a lot of great Thank folks you. in town, guys. The race fun this weekend. Right on, guys. Yeah. Super stoked to have the racing community here. Oh, so great, awesome. Great community. Um, so, yeah, so worked in the food industry, service industry. Worked for Sammy Ledecky. Helped him open up a bunch of his restaurants. Uh, Sammy's Wood Fired. Cut mm-hmm. my teeth in La Jolla and opened up in there. But I was also into skateboarding and screen printing. And so I took a decision and got into the textile printing business, which led me to working in Mexico 
in the early 90s. Nice. So I was one of the only Americans coming down here servicing some of the screen printers down here pre-Makiladora, pre-NAFTA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So getting materials from the U.S. here was very, very difficult. So we would bring materials to the border. They would get imported, get paid nationally with EVA and all that. And it's when the peso valuation was very, very different than it is now. And then I would come down here and travel in Tijuana and Ensenada and Mexicali and visit the printers. And I just started going, man, I could just, I could live here. Yeah. And fast forward, you know, I had a daughter, uh, had a had a situation up there, and I was like, I really want to live in Mexico. And I continued to work here. And then in 2000, in kitchen went away. Bye bye food. Bye bye all that. Um, but I kind of jumped over one part that brings me to craft is. I had a screen printing shop on Kurtz Avenue, right behind C's okay. Candy over there, oh, yeah. Big Five. No, exactly. And that was where I got exposed to craft beer. At an early age, we had a, we printed skateboard decks, we printed T-shirts, and at that point is when Carl Strauss had grown yeah. out of Columbia Street mm-hmm. into their to a satellite production facility, which no one no one went to a warehouse brewery then. It was just tanks in a cold warehouse. Mm-hmm. And every morning we would have water coming through the floor because we were wall to wall with them. You know, we were all goofing around back then. You know, maybe someone spilled the bong or something dumb. Pardon my French. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really what was happening, water was coming through from the brewery. Yeah. We thought we left a pressure washer on and we finally went over there and saw it. And we're like, what are you guys doing? Like, we make beer. I was like, what? Yeah, try this. And my first splash of craft beer was in 1991 was Red Trolley. That was my first exposure. Red Trolley Ale. Red Trolley brought me to this, and then that's when I still wasn't hooked, but I was like, we could get free beer next door. We gave them skateboards, and we had fun. And and uh, that just kind of led into not being a full San Diego beer nerd, but, you know, then obviously Coronado and, and Ballast Point, Stone. I still yeah. just, at Pizza Port, those are just to me are the icons of San Diego. And, when Ballast Point was temporarily sold to Constellation, I never turned my back on them because they were a big part of why I'm sitting here. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. We, we were all... Who listen, didn't like Skullpanner? Uh, uh, yeah. Yellowtail when, Pale when Ale. We were, yeah. It's almost like we were all... I mean, let's be real. We were all happy to have that. I mean, for them. Yeah. If there was one brand that deserved it, that had like the people's choice, because obviously Stone's always been huge. Yeah. But if any... If, if Out of those two, the one that had the people's choice was... Ballast Point. Ballast Point. Know? They deserved it. They put in their time with yeah. Home Brew Mart and everything, helping the community yeah. become what it is, and then yeah. hating on them because they got a big paper check on yeah. a podium. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Who wouldn't want a big $1.3 billion right. check? That's a lot of money. That's a lot of <laughs> like, money. What is a billion dollars in pesos? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think I could do the math. you got to add like four zeros. But, um, yeah, so craft beer, dug it, but I was working screen printing, and... So I opened a warehouse here in 2005, 2006. Okay. Bringing screen printing materials to the Maquiladoras here. And I had a warehouse in Tijuana and a warehouse in Ensenada. So I learned about doing cross-border business in the early 2000s. Nice. And um, up until literally this year, the business was still alive. But unfortunately, Target and Walmart and places like that destroyed my industry because they just drive those guys, the production guys, so hard. And the ink guy becomes the last one on the totem pole. So during that time in 2013, 14, one of my customers, a sewing shop here in Ensenada, her cousins um, 
are the owners of Insurgente, Cerveceria de Insurgente oh, in Tijuana. Yeah. Okay. So Damien and Ivan Morales, I didn't really know them at the time, but I, I knew them and their brand mm -hmm. and what mm -hmm. they were doing, you know, being from Chula Vista and Tijuana and kind of crossover guys. Mm -hmm. I was super pumped that they were the ones that kind of brought my eyes to craft beer in Baja. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and they carried it up from home brewing to nano to full scale. And then at the same time, Wedland here in Ensenada got mm -hmm. cracking. And Wedland opened a tasting room by the Starbucks here in downtown Ensenada. And that was where I would find Reprieve instead of going to San Diego. So I was part-time here, part-time in San Diego at the time. So I was like, wow, there's a brew pub. There's young people. There's music. It's cool. We can eat chicken wings and have a pint. Mm -hmm. And I, I was just watching this going, there's somewhere this industry is going. I'm in a dying industry where people are burning me and not paying their bills and I'm down here suffering and drinking a pint of IPA thinking mm -hmm. about it. What a better way mm -hmm. to have a career chef to go back into food, take a complete leap to the other side and that was the birth of Transponencer's business plan. Mm -hmm. So I started writing it in 14 and uh, went through a divorce, all that. And, uh, so, yeah, so the concept of Cerveceria uh, Transpeninsular. Cerveceria Transpeninsular. Yeah. By the way, that's that I was going to say at the beginning, I'm like, oh, can you tell us how to say that in English? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know the word, it's it's interstate, means highway. Yeah. You know, yeah. Transpeninsular Highway starts in Tijuana and goes all the way to South America. But the, the theory of our brand is from TJ to Cabo. TJ to Cabo. Oh, by the way, an awesome tip that we heard from uh, the Van Kooks, who are uh, a couple. Yeah, and like a YouTube yeah. couple. Yeah, yeah. The Van Kooks, uh -huh. yeah. And I learned... Sorry, we've got a... It's part of the recording. We had There's a helicopter come over. They're filming us. Probably a very famous rich racer that's taking a cruise to the beach in his chopper. We Probably. saw, we saw, not to interrupt saw, you, but we saw, we two, saw yeah. two helicopters over at Las Rosas. In Las Rosas. Oh yeah, they parked there. They're, yeah, like right on the water. I'm like, yeah, you could, you could land your helicopter right next to the highway. The day after the race, it's like Black Hawk Down. They all fly back together in in formation right by my house, and you can the, the it's height. It's so cool we're here, by the way. Yeah, you guys picked time. a great time to we, roll down. Uh, yeah. and this is normally a really awesome time, anyways. Yeah. this is like the best time to come down. Yeah, post-endemia. But in any event, I, I never knew that uh, the highway in itself, and this is just a little geeky note, is fairly new. Like, um, so it makes really, I think it was 15, when, I think this whole highway was only created. Like, yeah, I no, think it was. In the 19, it, not later than like, I'm wanting to say like. 50s, 60s. I think it's even later. I'm wanting to say that the highway is only about 30 years old. Well, for to Ensenada. Yeah. Once it left Ensenada, it was uncharted waters. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. From an, uh, it's Ensenada south. south. Oh, yeah. No, you were on your own. You were on your own. So, ne which really makes those trips and, and the memories and all the things about going from what you what you did to go all the way down to the, to the very bottom of Cabo so magical because it's very pristine, like what you picture of in your mind yeah. of what Baja bus with the dog sitting there the yeah. board strap that's what it was that wasn't yeah. like something on a Pacifico commercial it was real it was a yeah. real it was life. really cool man yeah dude that's awesome it Anyways, was super that, fun that was a little side note sorry about that because yeah. no, no. I, I love that about your name when I when I saw Transpeninsular I was like wow that is so rad man that's like an, an ode yeah to it's, like we pay tribute to the peninsula. We dig it. And it's the whole theme of the brewery. And, and, 
you know, a lot of people don't realize we also get a lot of free marketing because there's Ferretria Transpeninsular, Muebleria Transpeninsular, So we get a lot of free press. Yeah, yeah. And it was untaken. No one took yeah. it. And I was like, I love the highway. I, I wanted to always be a cartographer, but obviously didn't go for, to school for that. But I always loved maps. And I, back in the day before we had these things called squawk box cell phones you had to really study that baja almanac yeah. and really yeah. know where the hell you were going because if not you'd end up not in a bad position but you'd end up somewhere you couldn't get out of yeah you know dead yeah. ends run out of gas whatever yeah you're you know? done you know yeah. flag someone down and get a ride and get a jug so, so you're so a few years ago or not a few years ago now we're talking about six years ago you're writing this business plan yeah where are you writing it I like the details. Sure, are sure. Are you in Ensenada writing this? Are you in PV? Where were you? Actually, you're going to love this. I wrote majority a majority of the business plan in good old La Mesa at hey. Hoffer's Cigar Bar. Hoffer's. Nice. That's nice. my spot. <laughs> Phil is a very good friend of mine. In the village? Um, yeah, in the village right, right the there. Village, yeah. I would, so, I like I said, my tail end of my previous life, I wasn't really super happy with where I was in my life personally and all that, and I would be here and be stoked and I would work 12 15 hours a day in the maquilas here the screen printers and then I would have to down press and go to La Mesa and like okay I'm back I gotta pick up food at Por Favor I gotta go to Vaughn's and I was like something's not right but I would stop at Hoffer's which is really what ignited my craft beer knowledge because I even though I drank it you know Racer 5 you know Stone, Ballast, all the boys yeah I really started to learn about the different beers that were out there from different parts of the states and Phil there at Hoffers and Scotty Marujo, the, his family owns all the Por Favor restaurants and everything. Super rad people. And they started turning me on to, hey, try this, try that. And I was like, man, if I could do this down in Baja, mm -hmm. because Wedland was doing great product and they still are, but they were still very general. It wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't pushing the craft beer movement. Insurgente had their core beers. Wedland had their core beers. But no one was really taking it to the next level. Mm -hmm. And back to the whole thing hanging out at Wedland. I dug their spot, but I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a family guy, I like dogs. Nobody was ready to take the leap to make a family brew pub, which is what you're sitting in here right now. I mean, you know, we get the 18 somethings that are cool and want to you know, it kids spots, but we like people that bring their kids yeah. and bring their dogs and, and yeah. want to hang out and drink four or five beers and eat food and not feel like they got to be seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the first yeah. thing when we drove up, we have our dog with us. <laughs> uh, she's actually a Rosarito native. Bring her in. And so that was the first thing when we when we there uh, uh, the security guard said, you know, you can you can bring your dog in. I thought she I thought he said you know you can't bring that dog in because that's what happens and i said oh and i said oh maybe after just because she's you know she's she's skittish she's, right. yeah she wants to fight she wants to <laughs> she, she likes to talk a lot of shit oh and she's then, one of those dogs yeah and then, except for with us with right. us she's the mo literally the most affectionate dog he i mean she you know, it's just, she's so grateful. But yeah, she was rescued at five months. Oh, old it's beautiful from Baja Animal Sanctuary. Beautiful, actually. and that's a beautiful organization. They do some good things. We have some a lot of friends of mine have have uh, pets from there. Mascotas, your your dog and anyone's dog are always welcome here. I wanted to create kind of a again, I'm not name dropping, but like a Carl Strauss Pizza Port esque, where it's family friendly kid friendly and mother-in-law friendly sometimes on monday depends <laughs> on what monday you're talking about sometimes on monday yeah. but 
animals to me and brew pubs and you know we don't have cornhole or anything like that here we're not doing the full warehouse brewery thing but Mm -hmm. you feel the vibe you come in here it's it's not a gringo bar you know even though i'm an american u.s citizen i'm i don't try to oh it's a gringo bar in mexico i don't i don't like that title you know Mm -hmm. i I work hard in this community i pay taxes here i I don't want to be considered a gold digging gringo coming to mexico Mm -hmm. And nice. the community we have here are very established people, both Mexican nationals and Americans, mm-hmm. and a huge amount of people from Guadalajara, Mexico City, Monterrey. Nice. When they come here for Vendemia, they stay at the hotels or the Airbnbs, and they're like, "Where? We? okay, we can't bring our kids to half the wineries. Kids are sitting around, God knows what they're doing at the hotel. We want to go have a burger and some wings, and mm-hmm. let's go to that, that brewery. And, and that's turned into a really neat repeat clientele for us is that aspect of the people from Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, um, so That's yeah, cool. so the brew pub model was what I wanted to bring to Ensenada. That's cool. And here we are four and a half years. We're all going to be five years in August officially, officially. Oh, well, actually you know, be four years in January, but we started building here mm-hmm. five years ago. Dude, wow. That's so That's cool, awesome. When yeah. I, I saw a video you posted, I think it was over the summer. I think it was in August. And you kind of were kind of having this campaign, if you will, of trying to clean up the street. Yeah, that was a month ago, actually. Was that a month ago? Yeah. Oh, gosh, time flies. Right here on the north here. So Armando Ayala, our new president, who is an amazing president, he's done a lot for the city. Um, president of Ensenada? Ensenada, yeah. Okay. You know, the mayor of Ensenada. President oh, they, of the they call him presidents. Yeah, the yeah. alcaide. You know, <laughs> crazy words. But this company, yeah, Eco Pavements, uh-huh. that was hired, they, mm-hmm. they're they have these big machines here, these dragons, mm-hmm. and they kind of move down the road. But wherever they do, they, they leave tons of, they camp there. So they leave tons of trash and tons mm-hmm. of asphalt spill out. And I was just flat done tired of it. You know, this is the, the gateway to Ensenada. And I just, mm-hmm. I mean, you saw the video, just tons of crap and freaking asphalt shit everywhere. And I was like, I'm over it. So we rallied and it's it's stemmed a kind of like a unofficial adopt a highway other people on mm-hmm. along the court the transpenser highway mm-hmm. have jumped on board and the whole highway from here to san miguel is completely clean now That's and cool. it wasn't even my attention Whoa. it was just like yeah. let's do this and now you see guys raking and stuff and mm-hmm. and we keep it clean we have signs out there and actually the cops stop by and tell these guys hey man pick up your shit you know stop throwing tacati boxes mm-hmm. everywhere and welding rods and just Ugh, just, yeah, but now it's clean and graded. That's cool. And then we have more parking, and we have more people going. Where, where uh, and, and so we're, we're right now we're recording downstairs in the kids area, which uh-huh. is plenty, which is awesome. Um, but uh, when you're upstairs, you have ocean view, uh-huh. right? And then we are north of Ensenada. Are we? Is this? Uh, yeah, are we're, we, where, where are we? We're in Zona Playitas, which is Zona the first. Playitas municipality of actually Ensenada because we leave El Sazal. The Delegación El Sazal uh-huh. ends at the bridge there by the college. Mm-hmm. And the split, you know, the yep. Y, yep. is where Ensenada starts. Okay. Mm. So the Corral Hotel, which is just a lick up the road here, they're technically, them and Punta Moro mm-hmm. are the first people that are technically in the municipality of Ensenada. Uh, and right. this corridor from here to La Curva into, into town was pretty much, there was El Echetos Cava mm-hmm. and then Sano Steakhouse, mm-hmm. nothing, dark, and now it's turning into this little cool little 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 middle deal between the cool surfy surfy kind of Lucadia feel of El Sazal mm-hmm. to the Centro which is Ensenada, which you guys know. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're kind of our own little nucleus here in Zona mm-hmm. Playitas. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It definitely kind of has its own personality, it, and not just by when you're driving through, getting out, getting tacos. Right. Was it, it Trail tra- 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 Trailero Tacos tra- is actually in El yeah. Sazal, but yeah, okay. it's it's only a kilometer and a half, but it feels like it's a whole different community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it is it's really cool coming down and. So recently, you started a new project in the states, right? That had a, you know, kind of a cross-border connection to it. Yeah. So <clears throat> back to like helping, creating a buzz, and, and I love stimulating business. I, I, you know, I'm a good idea guy, but I, you put me on a spreadsheet and Excel, forget it. That's where my lovely wife Gabby comes in. She <laughs> just handles all that stuff. And so when we opened, we opened up, and you know, some Americans came in, and. Uh, this couple, Galen and Pam Rogers, wonderful people. They're from Ramona. They lived in other places in the United States, but they currently reside in Ramona, and they also have a home in Calafia. Mm-hmm. And they were one mm-hmm. of the first residents in that community at the bottom where Hotel Calafia is at mm-hmm. yeah. in yeah. Rosarito. Mm-hmm. And we recorded an episode there <coughs> okay. with a real estate agent, Max Katz. I was okay, gonna, yeah. I was yeah. going to ask you yeah, about know, Max, yeah. Max, because Max and his wife, you know, they came down here like probably now it's been like almost 30 years ago yeah, and early they 90s. were they were surfing. But anyways, they were in the textile industry down they here. They told almost the same story you did where really? they came to, in the early 90s. They were coming down here pre-NAFTA and they yep. were working because they were in like the T-shirt or apparel business yeah. or something. And that's how they got kind of it was, introduced it was so to Baja. Yeah. They fell when in love I was with wa- when I was listening what a parallel to you say crossover, that. huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, assume, I, I, yeah, I thought it was the, the same, same thing. thing. I was like, wait, same do thing. you know Max? I, I I believe we know each other as acquaintances. I've heard of him, mm-hmm. and Galen and Pam live in that same community right yep. there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was funny. Uh, Galen and Pam came in. Galen is just a, a good old fella, and um, he's jokingly but serious he's like hey man those are my fucking kegs and i'm like what are you talking about he goes i invested in that company and he was pointing at our kegs because we bought cooperage when twisted manzanita out of santee went out of business galen unfortunately invested in the wrong company and the guy took him for a bunch of dough and the the keg barrel rings on the kegs galen's like those are my kegs we immediately fell in love with each other right there (laughs) so they became weekend visitors and digging what we were doing and met my wife, you know, Gail, uh, Gabby didn't speak any much English at that time. And so they were all kind of, we'd have fun sitting at the bar talking. And one day I was like, Galen, you know, it'd be great to, to take this passion to San Diego. You know, I said, I'll never want to open a business in San Diego, but why don't we do a little small tap room to take up, not just Transpeninsular, but some of the other brands, you know, Fauna mm-hmm. from Mexicali, mm-hmm. Insurgente, yeah. Wedlin, some of the guys. And pop a little tap room in and have a Baja awareness tap room. Mm. And he's like, I'm into it, but what's the reality of that? And so we started looking into it and it was like, shit, man, for permitting. That's when the city of San Diego said, well, we'll help you, but you really should have a restaurant. I'm like, oh man. So, oh, because of a... Uh, because yeah, of liquor license? Yeah, yeah, because breweries have a class 25 or 23, which is really inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And then getting a full type 47 is almost impossible now, which is full bar, everything. Type 41 is a restaurant, beer and wine restaurant. Okay. So then we're like, and they're huge Valle Guadalupe people. They love Valle. And it's funny because I always thought, even though I love Valle, I always thought, oh, man, I don't think people are going to be really accepting of us promoting Valle in San Diego. Man, the wine partners that came on board with this project were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And they were so behind it. And uh, we got... 
Apocalypse Now above us here. So Dude, you're no, you're so right though. It's for the race. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, there you go. So oh, yeah. this idea of starting this project really Exciting. came to light because they were like, we want to promote tourism in Baja because we're really sad people stopped coming down here. Mm. We love when people want to go to Puerto Nuevo. We love when people want to go to La Bouffe yeah. and go to Valle and, and check it out. And By the way, La Bouffe is short for La Bufadora. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> the blowhole. <laughs> and do me a favor. For if you anyone. go there, plan on a whole day going because just getting there is like literally like forever i just i just told i just i just told dominic uh all the all the years we've been coming down here i told him i said you know um i want to start staying in ensenada you know and to, to because it's taken us all it's a journey you know you start off like you're close to rosarito it right. feels comfortable then everybody goes to uh las gaviotas right. you know yeah. it's safe okay now let's go to valle but you know, it's like I want to, I want to, I want to stay down here. No, you guys need to come stay here in Ensenada. We can show you around. My my wife knows all the spots for good food and yep. good local food. Yep. Mm-hmm. Both you know fancy and straight cut at this. Yeah, I but, love it. Yeah, I, I will take you up on that. Please do. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I wish she was here today. She's at home chilling right now. But, um, but yeah. So he liked my idea, and I was like, man, I was not planning on starting another business. The brewery is already enough. I. I Gabby and I have a joke. I'm like, baby, so I'm going to leave textile. You know, this is a salesman in me. I'm going to leave textile and, you know, nine months we'll get this brewery thing going and we'll just sit back and it'll just rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. She's already fired me. We've already been divorced like a hundred times. <laughs> and she's in charge of all administration. And I couldn't thank her enough. The yeah. controls that are needed to run a thriving restaurant in a brew pub are just, were unknown. It's unbelievable that... I mean, you you had worked down here, and you you had your own business down here, but you're getting into a brand new industry. Oof. I mean, industry that you had a passion for. You need that. You need yeah. the passion first before anything else. And sometimes passion can just carry the day. Right. But the fact that you changed industries, started, and you like you said before we started recording, you're not 100% fluent in Spanish, right? Like you, you speak Spanish, but it's like, it's kind of, it's gotta be hard to start a business in another country. Ooh, it is. And, and Ensenada is very, very much a little society and you either get in or out really quick. And there are yeah, the- How was it? How, how, how easy was that for you? Oh gosh. Join, did it help to marry a national? Well- I mean, is it like that? I mean, are they looking at the gringos like, well, the thing was, is I had a lot of good relationships through the textile business from mm-hmm. the maquila mm-hmm. owners and yeah. the, the the engineers and the electricians and, and the people that are really work here that have deep family roots. Mm-hmm. So that came back to help me. Mm-hmm. But I was never, I'm not a guy that like lives and dies by society. Like, oh, I know this family or oh, my primo, my, yeah. my tío. Mm-hmm. That's when it got really sticky. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wait. There's only supposed to be a couple breweries here, and you're not one of them, you know. So I had to fight a little bit of that, you know, and and a little bit of ego in a way. From these guys were not stoked that a, an American came down here and, and kind of turned the wrench, you know. Like, hey guys, there's some issues here. I mean, I'm not a, you know, everyone's like, oh, Colin's not a brewer. Uh, it's a non-brewery owned, a brewer owned brewery. It's like, partner, no offense, but brewery owned brewer owned breweries aren't the success of this and so I fought that but in joking we're all cool with each other there's always a little bit of a 
poke here, poke there, but we all cruise together. We share grains and all that. But and yeah. you share the same common uh, trying goal. to build an industry. You, yeah, build it, and but you want to bring people here. Yeah. You know, you want to bring business here, and you want to be able to give people something unexperienced. Well, not like oh yeah, when people come, it's like. I don't want to. Oh, we're the only spot. It's like no, man. You go up two kilometers. You go to Awamala. You can yeah. go to Wedland. You can go to Media Pera and Valle, Chivo Gunion, or go south to, you know, one of the Irish pubs and and. Yeah. To, and Chivo's our friend. Yeah, yeah and those that's good, good people. Good yeah. family. Man. You need to I have. Work with, I work with one of their. Um, Sister-in-law. Sister-in-law. Sister. Oh, yeah, okay. we work uh, together in the States. Yeah. Super cool people. Mm-hmm. Super rad people. And and that's the thing is is when someone comes here, where else can we go? Mm-hmm. We like to tell them, hey, two kilometers this way, left and right, yep. go here and there. Mm-hmm. I've sent some friends back in the day when I was kind of like on that like train of like, I'm going to find out why these guys don't like me. Mm-hmm. I'd send friends to the other breweries and they'd be like, hey. I heard there's another brewery. It's a red building. It's not yeah. too far. Oh, no, I, I don't know. I was like, no, no, there's another brewery not too far away. Like trying to get the guy, pigeonhole the guy to tell yeah. him to say Transmanensler. <laughs> and they would refuse. Now we joke about it. But yeah. it was my way of like scouting the market. Yeah. But um, <laughs> here we are, you know, in El Cruce, 241 in Chula Vista is the other way around is to take all things Baja to San Diego. Mm-hmm. And... So in Chula Vista, on the Third Avenue Village, downtown Chula Vista, in the heart of Chula Vista, where Three Punk Ales is at, uh, mm-hmm. the remodel of the Vogue Theater, Chula Vista Brewery, um, a couple other joints down there. You know, La Bella's Pizza has been there for a minute, and there was Harper's Music, uh, which is a iconic music store that kind of fell victim to Guitar Center's wrath, mm-hmm. and they sold the building and didn't really negotiate a good lease, so they were really struggling. And their whole hook to the market was helping the high school and and elementary school with their rentals, you know, the violins and the trumpets. So they weren't really selling guitars and drums. So they had this gigantic building and their lease came up. So we were able to move in on that lease and we, top to bottom, rebuilt the entire building. Um, When was this? We opened a month and a half ago. We literally just opened in COVID. So a pandemic business, pandemic business. We're a pandemic baby. Um, <laughs> we went through a lot of things to get open. We found tons of asbestos in the building and my partner refused to just kind of shuffle it under the rug. So we did our own abatement order, had that all hauled out. That was nine months to just to get that proved. Cause Chula Vista and San Diego do not play around when you try to hide things like that. You just, yeah. you just don't do it. It's not, yeah. and I don't want to say it's not Mexico. Mexico is just as tough, Yeah. but yeah. that was something we had to do. And That's good to hear that Mexico's just as tough. I mean, if you're, you know, yeah, you play by the for rules. people that think, yeah, we've had a lot of the pay business money and make it go away. We had so, one business owner tell us that he, um, from uh, Ollie's Pizzeria, uh-huh. and he told us that he thought that the Mexican business, uh, like the rules, the rules are very actually quite sophisticated. They're very sophisticated, and they're set for. It's not a grease palm gig, you know what I mean, and. And word to the wise, if you're a foreigner coming to Mexico, don't intend on being that guy. You know, mm-hmm. hey, I, I got a friend, or I can just pay this dude off, or whatever. I, I don't want to know those kind of people, because okay. we're here to do good business, and yeah. we're not here to educate Mexico. We're here to be educated on how to do business as a foreigner in a foreign country. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. once you learn the rules and you do it right, the, re- the rewards are amazing. And the, the satisfaction of seeing people enjoying your your products is no matter what industry it is it's it's a rad feeling yeah what gets you out of bed every morning like what's what's the 
you know, you've, you've obviously been successful with the brewery and now you're opening up a second business. What is, uh, what makes you excited? Like when you're going to bed, like waking up in the morning to do what? The, the unknown of like what's coming our way, um, for, for the brewery, uh, would be one. My wife telling me to make coffee, <laughs> which I love. If she doesn't say coffee, well, that's pushed get, out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my trigger in the morning. Um, that's nice. Yeah, I, I, I just really, really enjoy being in business and in love with my wife. She's just a crusher, man. She sets me straight. And How long my, have you guys been together for? We've been together about five and a half years, nice. married two and a half. Oh, congratulations. And when did, this, when did Trans Peninsular open? When did this January open? 7th, 2017. 2017, okay. Right. Wow. So we'll be four years in January. Nice. But nice. the project, obviously longer, but actually physically shooting beer over the can over the counter but yeah answering your question dominic is um i like to get up now either we take a bike ride walk the dogs or simply go to the gym which i was never a gym guy i was always grab my board go down to the beach yeah and i like that and i do it with her and then we kind of go our own separate ways we have a i have we have a 23 year old uh from my previous marriage mm-hmm. and we have a seven year old from from Gabby's previous marriage and Emily, our little girl, we raise her, and it's fun being. I like raising How a binational child. One? Seven. Oh, seven. Yeah, and she's obviously Spanish first, mm-hmm. so I've been with her since she was, you know, barely two. No dog babies, no furry babies. Oh, we have three dogs. Oh, okay, so you do <laughs> have children of your own. Yes, yes, we do have children of our own. We have a Dominic whole house. And I have a children. We have. I have stepchildren. Dominic's children. Okay. And then together we we did uh, we have a fur baby that we adopted from Rosarito. Yeah. <laughs> so you got the Brady Bunch thing going too. Right? Yeah, absolutely. The no fish. Family. Do you have any fish? No. Uh, I don't know that we've ever had. The fish. kids have asked, been asking for turtles for a long time. Yeah. But, but those turtles, they, they live like a hundred years. Yeah, so I'm just like, look what at me. Like, do with it? <laughs> what are you doing, man? I'm just kind of here waiting for you to give me one of those little sticks you feed me every morning. Do you have turtles? We do. We have a turtle, oh, three wow. fish, Yorkie. a hamster, a oh. purebred Yorkie. Uh, a, a official Mexican Baja dog. We thought yes. we had a Belgian Shepherd, but it was a beautiful Belgian Shepherd with legs like maybe <laughs> five centimeters off the ground. <laughs> and a, uh, a dog we rescued, uh, a lab Blue Healer mix. And uh, yeah, it's a full house, man. Nice. And Thank a nanny, you. thank God, help us oh, good. guide traffic. Yes, yes, <laughs> perfect. So getting up in the morning is dealing with hecticness and the happiness yeah. of being It's like a, a two hour routine yeah. before you can do anything. Yeah. How, how many? How old are your children? Our children. We have a senior. Your children, excuse me. A senior and a sophomore. Wow. So they're 15 and 17. Female or male? Both girls. Oh wow. Both girls. So, yeah. You know, the the challenge over the last eight months has been COVID. You know, yeah. They've been at home. You know, two learn, different computer screens from yeah. home. Yeah. And, and it's tough. You know, okay. we all have short attention spans, yeah. but teenagers I, have even you know shorter attention spans. I will so say hard. that. Every person that I know that grew up in San Diego, that grew up coming to Mexico as a child, uh-huh. has the best, like, it's the best memories to them ever, you mm-hmm. know? And so we always knew that bringing the kids and really eventually living or having a home here, we've been waiting for a while, is something that we've always known is like very family, like a family oriented thing to do. Like, people get so excited when they tell me, like, oh, my best memories were summers in Mexico, not showering, just being, you know, hanging so out on the beach all day. Um, so it's it's definitely very much uh, 
this whole entire vibe of Mexico is not just about you know the 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 self but you know the entire family as well it's, it's such a family no and, and once you get it you get it you know what i mean and the yeah. people that don't get it you want to help them get it because it's not like oh it's not for you like i never tell people oh don't tell people about baja like it bums me out when people say oh keep it quiet you know it's like no man yeah Just more I, people die better bro i think that was the primary reason why we started the podcast it was about three or four years ago i went to adriana and i said came home from lunch one day and i go hey um i got an idea i want to start a podcast and she goes what's a podcast she had never listened to one she didn't know what it was <laughs> podcast go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I love i love having to explain what a podcast we start this thing that's another story that I'm going to tell in a second but so we we're sitting there having lunch one day and I go okay well this is what it is she wrapped her arms around it and I go we just need to come up with a topic you know that's all we need is a top so we're kicking around things that you know we both like to do like snowboard and we, we talked about going to Baja going to Valle de Guadalupe so long story short we landed on just doing it all on the people and places of Baja. Great. Because we wanted to introduce Genius, man. cool little stories like yours, you know, someone who but grew the, up in the, PB, the, uh, you know, came to Mexico, started a business. He's employing who knows how many people down here. And now you've started a, a business up back up in the States. I mean, these are all fun stories. Yeah. And, um, there's just a ton of them share. that we've had. Yeah. I think for us, because it's always been a passion project, our, our, the people that we've hosted have been, we've been so lucky, like yourself, like, really, honestly, like, the people that we've had a chance to, to interview have been from just just really incredible stories, like I said, you know, people that are saving horses, uh, people that are, like, named top, you know, restaurant in all of Latin America, I mean, just crazy, crazy stories that have been just a collection that we've been able to collect and just really continue to do this as a passion has yeah, been guys, an amazing thing you guys have really us. covered some really neat neat folks and and again like i told you i'm really thankful that we reset and connected because i love this kind of connection and being able to tell people about what's going on in our lives here and be able to share it and hopefully more people will enjoy listening to it you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like listening to the radio back in the 50s before tv was really popular whatever radio everyone gathered around the tv yeah. Yeah. i think podcasts have kind of helped bring people back to that you can actually feel the passion in people's voice and mm-hmm. not just commercial 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 you know it's like mm-hmm. crazy yeah, and the thing about podcasts i think just in general is that they're generally on a, on a topic yeah, so it might be a comedy podcast it might be a travel podcast whatever it is right it could be on anything and the people that listen to those podcasts, they listen because that topic is very important to them personally. And that's what makes podcasts so powerful is that, you know, someone that listens to, you know, whether it's our show or Joe Rogan's show, it's a, they love that content that that show that, provides. That, that, that's what's going on right there at that point. You know, yeah, they're, they're yeah. digging it. Yeah, so it, it's, uh, it's been fun for us. Um, what's, what's next for you? I mean, you, you open up the second business in Chula Vista just north of the Tijuana San Diego border and what is it called okay so yeah so what's next is making sure we can survive <laughs> purple tier because two and a half years of construction at El Cruce 241 El Cruce, uh-huh. so we the El Cruce 241 hashtag Baja to Chula Vista mm-hmm. 
Um, the whole concept is to to basically bring Baja to San Diego. So to cap on that, that's my buddy Aaron right there, and is our social media Aaron Guzman. Oh yeah, the social Amazing. media team is arrived. Yes, media guru. Mr. Aaron. Oh, he's got oh, he's got a fancy camera. Oh yeah, no, he's Mr. Fancy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like serious. <laughs> Super fancy dude and a rad guy and an amazing DJ. He's our house DJ, so he's yes, he's in our age group as well. Um, you know, us forty to fifty somethings. <laughs> just turned fifty something. You know what uh, it's called? Ago. Generation Xers. Yeah, fifty one. Amazing new wave punk rock DJ. We play nice. everything from modern English to Devo to the Clash. This is a very Clash friendly. Where yeah. is it? Tenderness. Tenderness. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he rocks it, and uh, it's really cool. So it, it kind of I'm gonna jump back, but meeting some of the people in the community. Yeah, people like Aaron and our friend Luis Ariza, who owns a pizza by the slice and a coffee shop here, which I'd love for you to go Breve Cafe. They're kind of those folks that you that I've always wanted to meet here, you know, into punk, skated, yeah. nice. lived in Ensenada, went to San Diego to go shop and all that. But they appreciate what we're doing and not like, mm-hmm. oh, look at that, mm-hmm. that guy doing that. Like, whoa, they're skating in the street. Like, they're like, yeah, come skate, hang out, bring the scooters. <laughs> Luis's place, his friend, our friend Luis, has all the Vespa crew hang out there and mm-hmm. like gives you a little feel of like. You know, down in uh, Little Italy or yeah. or yeah. down in Mission Hills or whatever. It's that yeah. vibe. And yeah. so Aaron and uh, Omar and Raquel, they're our social media team. Ojo Cuadrado. They help out with all of our stuff Ooh, here at Transpenensa. Nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to answer your question, Dom, El Cruce 241, Holy Devoted Baja Taproom Wine Bar Kitchen. Um, we pick boutique wines, uh, wines that are not seen. Mm. at all in the United States and some that are very very hard to find can you name a couple of those wines absolutely so some of our well our wine partners um, Corona del Valle Mm -hmm. Hector Corona beautiful human being his family are amazing Kristen and Adam shoot from Lechuza Oh, yeah. Great yeah, folks. They're cool. they're they're cool. from you need to do a podcast with them. They yeah. are rad. They, they were the first people that them. we ever, their first winery, I think you and I ever went. They well, are so rad. Yeah, yeah. I love them. A couple from uh, Santa Barbara. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they are beautiful. And their story is rad. Adam's a, a retired professional cowboy. Mm-hmm. Pretty rad, dude. Mm-hmm. He's a beer guy, too, huh? Oh, huge beer guy. I remember having the first conversation with them. He's like, you know, I'm super bro. I, I, I like beer. Like I, that's that's what I usually drink. <laughs> Adam, Adam, and Kristen are rad. They put on a Halloween party for us so we could have the kids trick or treat at the at the winery and the oh, choosing nice. the tables and Cute. social distance. It was it was it's just a great thing. Um, Jorge Maciel, my boy Jorge. You know, yeah. Cavas Maciel. He's yeah. a he's a yeah. player. I love that We've guy. We've been trying to get, to get a hold. He just of had him. a birthday, I think. Yeah, yeah, We've two days ago. Shoot him or not shoot him. We've been trying to record him for a yeah. while. We um, uh, we were here around this time last year. And uh, can I interrupt you? I oh, apologize. Yeah, go ahead. That's our cat, Romy, right there. That's our brewery oh, cat. Oh, I'm gonna get a, a Romy. Picture. Yeah, take there a picture of that. Hi, baby. Did you say Romy? Romy, yeah. Romy. R O R O M I. Romy. Romy. Whenever I hear Romy, I think of Jim Rome from <laughs> Sports Talk. Oh no, that's Talk not guy. Jim Rome. <laughs> She's rad. We started as a kitty, and she. This is her jam, man. She runs a show here, keeps all the mice down. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's Knocks cool. Uh-huh. She yeah. loves that. She loves that spot. Oh yeah, you'll find her lurking everywhere. Everyone loves her. She's kind of she's been Instagrammed a lot. She's on Cats on Tap. She's she's a fan. <laughs> Cats she's, on Tap. She's pretty rad. Yeah. Cats on Tap's cool. But yeah, so Cavas Maciel, um, we are very excited. We're part. Uh, we're we're literally like I was telling you before the podcast. Um, 
Miguel Avila and his wife, uh, Vina Zamiliana. They've never been across the border, and we helped them with their cola labeling to get their wines there. Blow you away. Oh, some e of the Emiliana? Emiliana. They, some have the they have really good rosé. Oh, my God. The blah, blah is unbelievable. I, yeah, it's mm. it's one of the best, in my opinion. Unbelievable. Yep. It's killing it. And, and yep. their Nebbiola Reserva. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. I thought I heard you earlier talk about Emiliana, and I thought they were... I thought you said it was no, but in any event, and yeah, that they, is. They're one of our us. partners. They're one of our That's like awesome. exciting partners. And then obviously my boy Albert Cruz from Rondo de Valle. He's another amazing human being. He does all of our import export. Mm -hmm. He owns Rondo de Valle, mm -hmm. and he's he's like the varietal master. He's a Mister Mixer guy. Mm -hmm. Great wines from him. Um, I think like oh, and then Daniel and uh, Gabby Sanchez from mm. Hacienda Guadalupe. Mm. Oh, we added them to the fold. Yeah. They were a late arrival, and again, great couple. Their their winery Hacienda Guadalupe is just just tits to the moon, man. Yeah. Done right. That's awesome. Yeah. They have a neat story. They they made their fortune on dollar stores in Orange County, mm. and made enough to retire here in Mexico. And they, their place is like a palace, man. Yeah. Hacienda, and uh, is it in Valle? It's in Valle. Yeah, yeah okay. not too far from where you're at in San Antonio by the Wine Museum. Oh. Rad people. Great breakfast place. And then, um, place. Oh, okay. yeah, the breakfast is amazing. Yeah, it's on the hill above the wine museum. But uh, so oh, okay. we, we on don't. Deckman's side, kind of. Yeah, a little farther yeah. east. Yeah. But the wineries, are, we're not even calling them wineries, they're partners. They, they're actually mm -hmm. involved in El Cruce. They truly are excited about the project because when we, when we came to them, we thought they were going to be pretentious and like, oh, whatever. And we thought the beer guys were like, yeah, bro, beer, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's the other way around. The wine company, the winery partners are completely on board, completely mm -hmm. supportive, trying to create cross-border movement. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, 95% of them can't come over right now because of the RB1 visa restriction, including mm -hmm. my wife, which is miserable, mm -hmm. can't cross. But they are completely supportive. And we worked special arrangements with them where we're bringing the wine to San Diego at a very fair price so people can enjoy the product and not feel like, oh, it's Valle, it charged five more bucks. You know, we're right. not doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some other that's places in San Diego that just let people have that's it. That's so yeah. true. You know, and I don't, you know, it's not really my position to say that, but it's just unfortunate because so true. the wine deserves to be sold at a fair price. As I told you, we have a neat relationship with uh, Luis Rodriguez at Rolu. Mm -hmm. um, Rolu is a very special winery in San Vicente. It's our only partner that will be outside of Valle Guadalupe. And how far is San Vicente from Ensenada? Um, as a crow flies, two and change, two hours and a half. Okay. It's uh, from La Bouffe. From La Bouffe. Yeah. <laughs> Hour and a half, two hours maybe, more or less. Johnny, that's my manager right there, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny, he's a good guy. <laughs> Love you, Johnny. Um, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but from right. here to La oh, Bufa Dora, it's like the traffic in Ensenada. Going to Costco yeah. takes an hour and change. Uh, you just yeah. want to go yeah. to Costco. Right. But um, but Luis Rodriguez, he is an enologist at Camus, and mm. he is making some of really unbelievable wines. Yeah, I'll, I'll make wow. sure to get you guys a bottle. Rolu. Rolu. Okay. It's Rolu. his name reversed. Luis Rodriguez. Okay. Oh, and okay. uh, we will be exclusive with his product in, in San Diego in the United States for a short period of time where we'll be the only where you can find it. And mm -hmm. you drink it, you feel like you're in Napa. And he's that one. Him and Corona de Valle have kind of adopted that California meets Valle feel mm -hmm. where the other partners are really more Baja-esque. Mm -hmm. And then on the beer side, 
we have obviously Beersom Cerveceria Wetland, yeah. uh, Cerveza Fauna from Mexicali, um, Transpeninsular from Ensenada. Um, we have beers from South Norte, which is Ryan Brooks, who mm -hmm. is a, a kid grew up in Fallbrook in Oklahoma, but he's an icon for the Baja craft beer movement. He was oh. a master brewer at Coronado. Helped oh, them win nice. the small, uh, mid-sized Brewery of the Year award and mm. all their medals at World Beer Cup. Nice. He does a lot of education for all the breweries in Tijuana and Ensenada and Mexicali. So even though his beer is made in San Diego, he's very important to the beer community. And so we added him. And uh, let's see what else. A few other. Are, are you guys still in a shortage of craft? Last time we came here, there was a big shortage of craft beer because of. Takati and Corona shutting yeah, down. Something, yeah. Yeah, was, when, when were we here? June or something? We were like in that? here in July. That was the best thing that could ever happen to us. Yeah, and oh, you know what happened, right? Everyone had to get the craft beer, right? Yeah. Because yeah. the big breweries it, were shut down. They shut down because they, they went to AMLO, the, the government, and said, hey, help us out because we produce billions of dollars of yips, which is a luxury tax. And the Mexican government said no. And they said, okay, turn off those machines, guys. The devastation of what that did to not only the businesses, but the little com communities where a bricklayer or someone wants their kawama at the end of the day wasn't available. We had lines out the door. Us and the other respected breweries, guys were bringing water jugs in, wine bottles, plastic That's jugs. That's what I heard. It was nuts. We man. were at El Chivo Grunion yeah. so in my, July. My, friend, my friend's husband is the is the brewmaster. Brew oh, uh, uh, Luke... Um, uh, uh, Larson, Larson. Larson. I was yeah. gonna say Lincoln. Larson's rad. Yeah. Like super good dude. So that, and I work with his wife. Okay. So she would say. They live in Temecula, right? They just moved yeah. to. They just Marietta, moved, Temecula. They, yeah. Area. They just moved to uh, San Marcos. Yeah. And his sister is Betty, who is yes, Betty, Juan's wife. wife. Yeah. Yes. Right. Juan's a super bro. We yep. love Juan and Betty. Yep. The whole yep. crew's super. Yeah. We did friends. a podcast with with also with uh el chivo with yeah. dad with dad yeah it was awesome remember <laughs> he was great we would talk to him like we'd be asking something and he would all remember he would only answer in spanish yeah yeah and that was his thing no matter what like we'd or be like on, we would be on our podcast <laughs> he would only answer answer in spanish but then afterwards he'd be speaking english <laughs> but he would remember he would like he, he, he was great they were so nice you they're know? beautiful people we had, i remember we had a great start. dinner there that night and, yeah chento's uh, pizza is a, just is a, a fun spot. spot yeah it's a yeah. great spot yeah. cool. we love san antonio de las minas yeah. we love it it's like our favorite it's a good our, little jam there yeah we love that yeah, little jam juan and sure. betty and that whole crew they're just they're just awesome they, they spend their midweeks here they come here and after they go costco shopping they stop here they usually sit at that table next to us right there and <laughs> nice. sometimes it's like hey guys uh, you got to get up the hill man give me one more double ipa yeah Colin. okay bro here you go yeah but um and vice versa i'm sure it's fun going into their prop yeah. that property is so cool man love it. his bee his bee um he he harvests bees so he's got a lot of honeycombs and stuff how about the bathrooms the the oh, isn't that cool that's so cool and his little cave where he has his beer with all the record collection yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just insane i know yeah, yeah. yeah. just the cool it, and, you know we just to go back to it you know this podcast it's all about like the people and places of yeah. and the story is like that you know just that whole story from uh chivo's father and everything and how they had that property and how it became ochentos and yeah. everything making else making cookies and then to pizza yep. yeah that's right yeah. it's a it's a sunday jam we, we used to go there quite often obviously with things now it's a little more tough with covid uh, i want to touch on that too before we yeah. get yeah. lost yeah. but 
I really want to let you guys know here in the folks that listen to this that here in Baja and especially all of Northern Baja, we're really cognizant of what's going on with the contingency with safety, with you know, masks and face shields and, and sanitizer. We check temperatures coming in. I have yet to have my temperature ever checked in San Diego. I was going to say, mm-hmm. we've, we've, the first time we ever had our temperature checked was in Mexico. Yeah. And the first time we've ever walked through one of those misters that you have here in the The Santa Cloud. The Santa, mm-hmm. We've never had, we've never <laughs> yeah. walked through any of that in San Diego. So yeah. they're without a doubt, the measures that, that are being taken here have from the very beginning have have always been extra extra cautious we're very more so than the u.s we want to because we everyone always goes oh they're bringing the covid from mexico it's like wait 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 we had a checkpoint here in may and june and we're like actually hey keep your covid over there well that's what what i that's what i like that that's the story i loved about fourth of july that in fourth of july it was the alcaldes from mexico that said wait a minute you guys are we have a huge influx of you guys coming down here right. 4th of July mm-hmm. and that was the, the, the that they were the first that said hey wait a minute you guys are the ones yeah. that need yeah. to really don't blame Mexico everyone likes to say oh it's Mexico it's Mexico it's convenient well, it's Come on. Yeah. Yeah. stop it yeah. Yeah. but yeah so here all restaurants uh, grocery stores everywhere you go here everyone's very very careful um, you you can't take children into stores under 12 years old still which is a little difficult but oh, really? one family member per uh one person per family member to costco and the soriana and all that They've, oh they definitely so don't do that in the u.s it's a no. lot more strict wow. and sometimes inconvenient but you know our case numbers are down you know we have a few people that have have had it and got back but not people are not people are croaking in hospitals or hospitals are not overflowing and we are allowed Gracias a Dios to have dining inside mm-hmm. and Canidac and a couple of the other uh, government uh, sanctions here have really made it tight for us to come in and they measure our space and they say, okay, here's your occupancy mm-hmm. and we stick to it and people come in and you have to order food. And that's the other thing for you guys out there in podcast land. If you're going to come to a place where there's alcohol served, you have to order food. You can't just come and crush pints. Yeah. You got to eat food. And the winery is the same way. And, you know, we're trying to survive too. And, yep. you know, we want you guys, everyone to come down. But but don't get mad when we say, hey, you got to order a ceviche or some wings. Yeah. yeah. We've had people come in here, I don't want food. It's like, I'm leaving. Okay, man, no problem. But you're going to get told the same thing a lot less nicer somewhere else. Like, mm-hmm. you've got to eat when you come into an establishment. Mm-hmm. My license is my livelihood. And I can't afford to have my my mm-hmm. you know license that took forever and a and a year to get because you're pissed about ordering some food. Right. You know I'm right. sorry. If not, right. go outside and eat under an easy up in San Diego, man. Sorry. Right. No offense. Yeah. To us. Which I have to say, it's not a good experience. <laughs> no, it's horrible. Eating in a parking lot <laughs> under horrible. an easy up, starting to get cold outside. I don't want to do it. No, and heater shortages, <laughs> and now that instead of toilet paper, one per person at Home Depot, you can only buy one, one heater, heater now. It's like, God, you got to be kidding me, dude. So we had to go to three different Home Depots just to keep people under our easy up in Chula Vista. But yeah. shout out to Galen and Pam, El Cruce 241. Please come check it out. I want yes. to do a show with you guys there. Yep, yeah, that'd be definitely. Great. Um, thank you again. This is so rad. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, we're really we, thank we you stoked. So much. We're we really appreciate stoked. your time. We appreciate you having us out here. Your hospitality is fantastic, and um, we encourage everybody to come to 
Sevaseria, Transpeninsular, come down. It's so easy to get here. And I, I, let's just kind of reiterate it one sure. more time before we go. When you come down towards Ensenada and you're on the highway, you don't have to do anything. You just take that highway all the way down the coast. And once you pass El Sozal, it's going to be on your right-hand side. There's a big, giant warehouse that has the name of uh, right is on the top. It's also saw where it's kind of stinky. The That's where the, yeah, where the, the fish, fish is at. Yeah, it's getting better, though. The, the processing yeah. technology is getting better. It's funny you say that because I today smell, it smell I smelt it a little bit, and then it was gone. Yeah. And there's been times where I, I'm driving through, I'm like, I can't shake it. No, they, <laughs> don't, they don't leave the tubs out anymore. But <laughs> the other way, all roads lead to Transpeninsular. It's kind of a joke, but true. But um Secretary of Tourism has been very kind to us. They, they helped us with some highway signs. I'm I'm happy with them. I'm I not saw gonna, one. I'm not going to pull my blue sign down. I think it helps bring people here. Mm. So from El, from como se say, uh, San Miguel to here, it's four miles. Mm. So mm-hmm. you can start following the signs. Yep. Um, along the way, you can find all kinds of great restaurants. Ophelia, Stella, La Stella Pizza by the Slice, Toya mm. Cafe, Aguamala. Mm-hmm. Irish pub, Punta Moro, we're all here trying to survive. And and, and there's uh, a lot of, like you were mentioning, there's a lot of hotels like Las Ro- 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 Rosas, Rosas. Las Las Rosas. Rosas, which is just north of you. And um, there's quite a few different hotels right along this little strip, too. Yeah, it's it's a cool deal. And Ensenada's, Ensenada's doing their thing. Um, Aaron here, my social media guy, you got to link up with him. He's got some great footage and photography of different parts of the city and... and uh, Please come check us out. Follow us on Instagram, you know. Yep, and your your uh, Instagram handle is? Cervecería Transpeninsular. Okay. Hashtag Perfect. stay in Sonata strong. Stay in Sonata strong. Yeah, like Justin <laughs> Bieber, <laughs> you know. Come on, get the hashtag going. <laughs> we had some fun with that, you know. Nice. <laughs> People that get at our age, my wife's like, why are you doing that? I'm like, oh, yeah. well, Saturday Night Live, baby. Let yeah, me bring yeah. it up. It's a, it's a post-45-year-old thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, got, I got a little bit up on that, but I also I also know about Maluma and all these other Chica <laughs> yeah, yeah. songs. So I know all those, too. So I'm cool, although. So. Right. Well, but, thank um, you so much. We've oh, had a really guys. great time. Yeah, yep. we, we appreciate it. Good. And um, good luck to you, not only here in Ensenada, but up in Chula Vista. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you so much thank again. You. Thank you. de la guitarra mía al despertar la mañana quiere cantar su alegría a mi tierra